on this episode of Why Watch That. Lakeith is beginning to get that Calvin side eye because he did such a great job of being the, you know, he made the movie worthy of cheering, you know, because he's Mm -hmm. such a, you're like, why are you doing that? Don't do it. You know, that kind of thing. I mean, people were changing. Like, (laughs) see the scene. A daughter is this and then a daughter is that. You're like, what the, what, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Am I missing something? Joy Lee probably lived in that apartment at one point in her life. Okay. It's <laughs> like, look, you're not going to buy nobody. Sure, I still got my Brooklyn place. We can just use that. I don't <laughs> She called this man a... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She said, get over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, just get over here. For her to maintain her focus at all times, and whoever added it didn't add it that well. So, I'm sorry they didn't. Why Watch That as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome, Welcome to, to Why, Why Watch, Watch That. This episode of Why Watch That is supported by Entrepreneur Meal Plan. It helps leaders and professionals feed their bodies and business as well. You know, Critic, I got Mm. a chance to attend a wonderful event by EMP here Uh in Los Angeles. And it was so amazing because Brandy Cochran was able to gather people from all sorts of walks of life. We were able to gather together, have real talk and some real good food too. Mm -hmm. It was a hit. It's food for the soul and the body, which is so hard to find. So if you want to learn more about Entrepreneur Meal Plan, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, go to entrepreneurmealplan.com. The Why Watch That Talk. Well, my friends, guess what? I'm introducing the best and most notable movies of the 2020-2021 award season. Ooh. Ooh. Barbara Walters would be very proud with how I said 2020. Yes, I, I mean, that was, <laughs> that was, I, you, did you do your vocal warm-ups to, to prepare for that? Lips to That, that sounds tongue. like a vocal warm-up. <laughs> yes. And we will be talking not only uh, about the movies that impacted us, but also performances, maybe some directing and writing, whatever we want to do. So at this moment, everybody, it is the end of February. All of the movies that are eligible for the awards have been released in some way so we can have this discussion. And let's just talk, Ref, about our top movies and then performances, whatever you want to say. What I want to do is this. I'm going to start from the bottom of my list because I actually do have it in order of the top 10, which is a loose order. So I just want to start, for me, with a movie that I... The whole thing didn't work, but the first half I did really enjoy. And it shocked me how much I enjoyed the first half. And it was the 40-year-old version. Now, this is available on Netflix. Rada Blank wrote and directed it. And it's about a woman who turns 40 and decides that she wants to be a rapper. Uh, Now, she's a teacher of children and all this other stuff. And I just thought this first half was just so funny to me. And I loved Rada, her energy, everything about it. So if you haven't seen this, again, it is on Netflix. I would encourage you to watch it. It's just entertaining. Very much. I didn't see it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see it before um, things are done, but well done. So what about you, Ref? Give us one. I'm not going in order, so I'm not building to anything and we may cross hairs. So Mm -hmm. I'm just talking. I said it in the Golden Globe segment. I'm approaching this a little differently this year. Usually I'm very heady about stuff. And you listeners know that I don't watch as much content as the critic does. I mean, the critic is literally, (laughs) do you guys remember the Coneheads? How they ate? They just like, (gasps) you know, they didn't like chew. They just like inhale. And it's such a massive amount. So I, I do appreciate you, critic. I always have to publicly say that. I hope you know that I appreciate you uh, for taking on that quite tasking task. (laughs) Um, But for me, when I watch something, 
I, especially in this era, I watch it for impact because I'm very, 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 very busy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have a lot going on in my professional life. So when I sit down and slow down enough to watch something, if it doesn't impact me, then it starts to go right to my head. And then I start going, "Mm," and I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, So I have to start with one of the films that really impacted me. And that is One Night in Miami. That is currently on Amazon Prime, directed by Regina King, with a stunning cast. You've heard us talk about it. It has to be one of my favorite adapted plays that stayed true to the play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Meaning the majority of it took place in one room. The story, the actors, the aesthetic, the direction, the tenderness that she had with these legends and showing us something different that we haven't seen before. Regina King has my attention. She always has, but now I'm really looking forward to whatever the woman is doing. I want Regina King to become a rapper and she can, (laughs) if she wants to just become a rap artist and I'm all for it. Regina King really stunning work. The performances were some of my favorite performances that I do have to highlight. I really enjoyed Leslie Odom Jr.'s uh, performance and singing in this, um, along with um, the gentleman who played Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And but, but all four gentlemen did an amazing job, so that really made a huge impact. I agree. That was number six on my list. I, I mean, Regina King can do anything. We know. I mean, not that we didn't know, but now we know for sure. Leslie and Kingsley, I could just watch the two of them do this, whatever they did in that movie. I was in the room with them specifically. And I I just think that this was, it was a challenging thing because like the ref is saying, everybody, it's, it sounds like a play. It was a play. It still sounds like it. So how do you make this cinematic? Regina knew what she was doing. Now I'm going to go to Minari. At number nine. Minari, (laughs) I mean, when you watch this family, this is a family of people who are going through a lot of stuff. So, you know, there is a a Korean-American family, a Korean family. They go into this rural town. You know, the father has these ambitions. The mother is kind of like, okay, can you take care of this family? They got two young kids. And then grandma comes in and Mm -hmm. turns the movie into something else. And I think that Yu Jung Hoon, that grandmother, the actress, amazing, just memorable performance from her for a supporting actress, in my opinion. So that's Minari. Was Minari perfect? No, it wasn't. It was not, but it is number nine on my list. I don't know where it would be on my list, but it's definitely, it was very impactful for me as well. I did not know much about these actors, only one from The Walking Dead, um, Mm -hmm. the lead actor. Everyone else, I was just experiencing them. And I found such delight in the children, especially the (laughs) young little boy. I thought he was so delightful. Um, And what a sweet, beautiful, universal movie. Exactly. So I would pop that in. I would suggest Friday night, gather the family. <laughs> yes, there's some reading. So you can't have the real young ones if they can't read right. the Korean translation. I, if there are dubs available, don't do it. Um, no, no. I would definitely say, I don't know if date night's the right word, but definitely, hey, do you want to watch a movie? kind of thing and you will not be displeased now remember this comes to us from a24 and plan b they know what they're doing so really just great work great work there for me another movie and again mine's not in order i'm just saying what impacted me was judas and the black messiah Mm. when i watched this movie it was to, to me it wasn't perfect definitely wasn't perfect but it was so impactful it felt cool Mm-hmm. I, you know, it felt very like 90s black movie, like that feel, <laughs> dead president moving and grooving. It felt good to be alive. It represented the summer in 2020 and why people do what they do and how they do it. So a lot of times we look at the how it happens, but Judas and the Black Mas- Messiah explored the heartbeat behind 
an organization that is constantly getting a bad rep, very much like the BLM movement of, you know, now, oh, yay, BLM movement. But back in 2016, y'all weren't saying any of that. And it got a bad rep. And I just, I like the feeling. And I loved the love story. Unexpected love story in the middle of this political struggle. I loved the sweetness of that love story. So I... It just, it felt right. Daniel felt right. Lakeith, Lakeith is beginning to get that Calvin side eye because he did such a great job of being the, you know, he made the movie worthy of cheering, you know, because he's Mm -hmm. such a, you're like, why are you doing that? Don't do it. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah is number five on my list. It felt like you were saying, Ref, it, it felt like a throwback, but that made it feel fresh. Especially like the first hour, the energy, the pacing, all of that, the music. And then you have these wonderful performances. I just, ah, wow. I, I just thought it, it felt like good Spike Lee to me. And you know, that felt always good. works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, completely different. Number eight on my list. Never, rarely, sometimes, always. Now, I mm. reviewed this a while ago. It This is a tough movie. It is about um, a teenage a girl who goes and, I mean, I'll just say it, she has to have an abortion. But the thing about this movie is when you get to the part, when you understand what the title means, I remember, because this I actually saw in a theater. I I think it was still in theaters at at the moment. So when that moment happens, when you understand what that title is, it it just landed. I'll never forget it. And that's why it's on my list. I did not see this, so I will take your word for it. Moving on for me, the next impactful thing, and I'm not going in order. I just I know I keep saying that, but I'm literally just like thinking, ooh, that 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 just hit me. Was not so much the movie, but the performance, because we're talking about that as well. I have to call out Mal Rainey's Black Bottom. The movie as a whole was good, but it it's honestly, it just wasn't my favorite August Wilson play. But I have to say, we talked about this in a different recording, Chadwick's performance, it felt good to know that that was the outgoing performance. That mm-hmm. was impactful for me. And when I was watching it and listening to what he was saying, how that young man wanted to go through his dreams and, you know, wanted to do something different and cutting edge. And he felt always misunderstood mm-hmm. and all those things. And then listening to Chadwick say those words as that character made a huge impact on me. And so I'm calling out specifically Chadwick's performance that moved me in a very deep way. And I was very proud that he would um, leave us with that performance. So, yes. Uh, just speaking about Chadwick, um, also The Five Bloods. I think that both of these performances, since we had to lose Chadwick, unfortunately, both of these, uh, just a credit to who he is overall. My Rainey, I just, it did not work at all for me. Chadwick did. Glenn Terman, I appreciated in that. But I also want to just say in The Five Bloods, almost ref, I think more of The Five Bloods now when I think of Chadwick than My Rainey for some reason. It may be the imagery. But there we go. Moving on. Number seven on my list is The Dig. And why is The Dig number seven? Let me tell y'all, this is on Netflix. When I watched it, I wasn't expecting anything. I was like, okay, whatever. But it was just well made. It's just a good movie. I appreciated what Carrie Mulligan was doing, what Ray Fives was doing, what Lily James was doing, the rest of the cast. And I just wanted to go on the dig with them. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it, it didn't have to be anything special. It was just good. And that right now is something that comforts me. So there's the dig. The dig, yeah, I agree. It was a sweet movie. Mm-hmm. It was sweet for me. And, it, and it, it gave me a break. I didn't have to overthink anything. I felt very much in good hands. Yeah. Um. So I would definitely... Uh, concur that it was it was a highlight for 2020 my next impactful moment of 2020 i'm gonna start going into the you know the normal conversation that we always go into and that is i'm just going to hit it right on the head i have to talk about it Mm -hmm. i have to say that if there's anything and anyone who has impacted me 
in 2020, there's some others, but I have to announce that Sir Anthony Hopkins in The Father, I know that's probably like, I'm jumping way up on your list, Mm -hmm. but I remember you talking about The Father because you saw it at the AFI Film Festival. And I, for some reason, I didn't get to see it. And so I ended up watching it late and I listened to the review and I was like, oh, okay, that's that's nice. You know, that's good. (laughs) And then I watched it. And if you listen to our Golden Globe response, you can go back. I'm not going to relive that. But what I will reiterate here, The Father for me falls into all categories. It's great filmmaking, great writing, great directing, great. I mean, it's just it is. But the impact that it made on me and still now that I think and talk about it. Mm-hmm. I have, thank God, older people in my life who are strong-minded and they are coherent. Thank you, Lord, for that. And are, you know, very much sharp. To have to consider mm-hmm. any potential of any form of dementia or Alzheimer's disease or, you know, whatever form of the degrading of the memory and slowly leaving reality altering. I never knew what that would, that feels like until I watched this movie. Yeah. And it was to not only experience it because you were experiencing, because you didn't know as a watcher what was happening. You didn't know who was real. I mean, people were changing. Like, (laughs) see the scene. A daughter is this and then a daughter is that. You're like, what the, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Am I missing something? But to watch Anthony Hopkins, not just give us a masterclass, because he did. Yeah. But like the very heights, think about the film as a whole, the heights that he went to, the childish, the the flirty, the boy, you know, he he danced, he tapped. (laughs) (laughs) That 80 something year old man was tap dancing, you know, or doing (laughs) shuffling, doing whatever he was doing. And in that last scene, and I thought to myself, dear God, we're missing something as a society because they're forgotten many times. Mm -hmm. And what we forget and what was highlighted in this movie is the cycle. Like they're going through it all the time. They're not like, oh, I experienced that. And they're moving on as memory takes and puts in categories. They're literally in a cycle that they can't get out of the cycle. And I never knew what that felt like until I watched this movie. So, whoa. Um, the Father is number one on my list. Oh, really? Yeah, one number four, one. Yeah. I have lost someone who went through a dementia. Mm. I won't say what kind. And for me watching it, even having experienced that, this movie, it's life-changing. Mm. That just adds to it where I'm like, oh, okay. No, it wasn't this particular kind of dementia. But for me to even be coherent with the movie watching it, to literally be in the movie is a feat. And I haven't talked about it this way before, but for me to be able to talk about it clearly (laughs) is a compliment to the movie because of the strength of what you were saying, Raph. Straight down, you can't find a hole. You can't find it. Florian Zeller, first time directing, adapting with Christopher Hampton, his play. I mean, you have... Anthony, I don't even know if it's a masterclass. I don't know what to call it. And you have Olivia Coleman, great in her own right, who is supporting him and doesn't have to pretend to support. And I mean, you got all kinds of the wonderful rest of the actors there, Mark Daddis and so on. I mean, this is a movie, everybody, that you appreciate technically, but you don't even need to because of what the ref is saying. Anybody can watch this and have it hit them hard. Now, I do want to uh-huh. be careful of that and be ca- and yeah. and know that. Like yes. Know that. And, and I think ref listening to you and listening to me, I think what we should tell everybody is this, regardless of what you've experienced in life, regardless of whether you can relate to this, how close it is to you, it's going to make you pause and think about what you are as a being and where you are as a being, where you are in time, where your loved ones are in time. Yeah. Just it's, that's what it is. So you do have to be ready for that. But, but we will tell you, you are in the best of hands to go through this. And it's not going to be the kind of thing where you're like, Oh my goodness. Oh, you want to be in it with them. Uh, Now I do want to say, because we didn't talk about some TV movies, similar topic, not as good. 
But I mentioned it before on PBS, there is Elizabeth is missing. Yes. So just to throw that out there, if you want to do that, a completely different take on it, but another performance where you go, oh. now, number four on my list, Farewell Amore. Yeah. Now. That was on mine. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So Farewell Amore, this is an indie movie. They don't have a big budget. They're in regular old apartments in New York City. <laughs> okay. You got Joy Lee probably lives. shooting on the street, right? Like, <laughs> hurry up. Go. <laughs> Look, Joy Lee. Probably... the restaurant looked real. Like the club scene. I was like, wait a minute, is this? Yes, it, these are real places. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, Rev. Joy Lee probably lived in that apartment at one point in her life. Okay. It's like, look, you're not going to buy Dover. Sure, I still got my Brooklyn place. You can just use that. I don't But this family who. They have been apart for 19 years. The father has been in the States for 19 years without his wife and daughter who is growing up without him. They are in Africa. Yeah. And they finally come over. And you see this specific time frame from all three of their perspectives. And you are with them the whole time. You don't ever go, I don't want to hear this from them. I've already seen this. What Equa Nsengi did as the writer-director here. Watch out for Equa. Yeah. This is amazing work on a string budget. A string. Mm. Okay? If you haven't seen Farewell or More, it is the kind of movie that will enrich your life without it being this big thing. That's another thing about this year, Ref. We don't need serious movies that take us down the hole. If you're going to talk about these topics, make it worth it. Farewell did it for me. What do you have to say, Ref? <laughs> the love story that's unconventional. Yeah. And and, and re- that's real. It felt like I was peeking in. Mm. You know, like I was a a cousin in the back room of <laughs> the apartment. Yeah. It did. It yeah. felt like and then I you know, you walk in on pe- you're like, "Oh, oh okay. Let oh, me, yeah. You let come me, out of the bathroom I, with your towel and you're like, "Oh, oh wait, yeah. I'm sorry." <laughs> Yes. And, you know, especially you can, you know how you can feel thickness. It's Mm. it's, sometimes it's easy to watch thickness, but you can feel the thickness of like the subtext, you know, of this family trying to get to know each other. And, you know, especially one of the characters is dead set on getting it back on track and we're going to do this. And, and I did, I felt like a a guest that was like, okay, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. That's hard for a movie to do. And I fell in love with this family. I fell in love with this family. Wow. And it's universal. Like Minari, to me, mm-hmm. this film is universal. You know, it's it's about how do we reconnect? Yes. How do we get connected and how do we reconnect? And on every generational level, mm. not only the parents, not only as lovers, but also as a team, like... How do you connect with your community? How do you connect yeah. with, you know, a potential, per- you know, it, it just connection was, yeah. was that movie for me. And so. I, I, I do want to say as well, that I want to call these actors out by name. I want to please name Jimmy them. Lawson as the daughter and Tare Mwine, just to say his name quickly as the father and Zainab yeah. Ja as the mother, just the, the, the subtle, wonderful work. And then you have Marcus Scribner and Joy Lee coming in. Watch it. Thank you for saying their names. Mm-hmm. I mean yeah. that. Thank you. That's that yes. was that was what's supposed to happen. Um, I I want to talk about this. Is not. <laughs> it is a film, but I have to talk about. <laughs> Wait, what do you think I'm going to say? It's just funny when you go. It is a film, by the way. If you were, if you weren't sure, but forget it. Soul. I want to talk about soul. Yes. It is on my list of being impactful now. I'm not even going to go into a whole bunch of it. It is Disney. Ha ha ha. Yeah. It, you know, feel good. Take your kids. But don't you put your kids in front of them and leave if you haven't yeah. seen Soul yet. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't just shove them in front of it and leave. Don't you do that because you're going to miss something really beautiful and wonderful. The music, first of all, is beautiful and wonderful and amazing. And then on top of that, you have a really interesting story about a comment on who we are 
on this planet yeah. and where we come from. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. Are we talking about, you know, religion and stuff? No, we're talking about the essence of a human being and how we have purpose on this planet. And it was such a clever way to talk about that purpose. And that purpose isn't wrapped up in what you thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a beautiful experience for me. It was very impactful. And Jamie Foxx did it make every Tina Fey, they, they worked. Yeah. I didn't think they would work. <laughs> no, they would work. It worked. Their chemistry absolutely worked. And you know, they probably weren't, never saw each other due to the situation. So, exactly. you know, they're in a booth. Yeah. If we, I mean, for animated, but listen to what the ref said, everybody, if your parents, it's not just that you should watch it because it's good and you will be enriched. It's also, this will help you talk to your kids. It's that kind of movie about topics that are challenging to talk about with anybody of any age. It's a yeah. great conduit for that. Plus that jazz music. If you're a jazz lover, get your kids oh. watching. Just get them watching. And mm. then that's an excuse to tell them, you know, all that music I was listening to, now you can stop complaining. Now, the other other animated film I will say is Wolf Walkers, which is available on Apple TV Plus that I saw. The story of a father and and his daughter and, and even another relationship between a mother and a daughter. It's just a beautiful thing to see. And this is kind of the theme we're going through here, Ref. A lot of these movies, they go through themes that are deep, but they do them beautifully, beautifully. Yeah. Um, number three on my list, Nomadland. Now, Nomadland. <laughs> Not land, but Nomadland. Not land. Not land. No. Nomadland. Which land to me is like a Western to me. A Nomad supplement. Land is not. Yeah. Oh, wait, Nomad land, land is a Western? To me. Um, because okay. I think of okay. Jeremiah Johnson. If you've ever seen Jeremiah, if you haven't seen Jeremiah Johnson, one of my favorite Westerns is Jeremiah Johnson starring Robert Redford. He goes off into like the mountains. It's snowing and he has to deal with the elements. Anyway, so Nomadland. I watched this recently again, Ref. We were talking about this. The first time I watched it when we reviewed it, I was reviewing. And I thought about it and I was like, this is maybe not the movie for that, where I'm taking notes and really paying attention to the technical aspect of blah, blah, blah. So I was like, let me watch this again. It's on Hulu now, everybody. Yeah. Let me watch it again. And, and like you say, ref, all the time, this is what came to me. Let me let it wash over me. Wash it. And I was really astounded by the gentleness of it with the power of the storytelling. Because it is a very soft touch. But when you are watching this, you go, oh, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You really went there. And it's real. I mean, the, there are real people telling real stories in this with the great Francis McDormand and David Strathairn, by the way, thrown in. So it's just what Chloe Zhao did as writer-director to corral all of this and make it cohesive. Really, the second time, it stuck with me more than the first because I did what the ref said. I let it wash over me. I'm not going to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> I I let it wash the first time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, it w- and it was a beautiful wash. You know, you know my thoughts on it. I do compare it to land because it, it is pound for pound more similar than not mm-hmm. um, to other films that we've seen if you have to do that. And for me, I would go with Nomadland like 100% of the time. What happened for me with Nomadland is I was more impressed with the technical than I was with the the passion. Mm -hmm. And if you listen to our um, Golden Globe uh, conversation, you'll know I have did some directing, you know, with non-actors for some videos and stuff like that. And it's a lot to, you know, I I remember a scene that I had to do with a non-actor to get him to move from one place to the next. (laughs) Just... (laughs) I just need you to, I'm not following you around the camera, which she did not do. She, they, those people had blocking mm. and they had to, you know, I mean, it, it, it wasn't like a documentary if you watch it. So I don't want to turn people off that way and be like, oh, well, you know, I don't want to watch, you know. Right. Just, it's not, it, it's, it's a movie. It's cinematic. Mm-hmm. But in, to get people to do that. Yeah. <laughs> That was the impactful part for me, not what was on the screen and the storyline and all that stuff, because you heard me say it before. It's just a classic indie 
check it off the list. What impacted me the most was, whoa, that took a lot of work for you not to see the strings. Exactly. Yes. You didn't see these strings. Mm-hmm. You didn't, you just think that you're just going from little Sam yes. to the, the jump cuts were all purposeful. Like yes. how long are we going to show someone doing a task yes. was purposeful. Like everything had purpose. And that for me was the impact more than the wash because it literally, when it washed over me, it washed. Like I was like, okay, great. That's lovely. <laughs> and if I look at it that way, I was like, oh, okay. But if I look at, all that had to get there mm-hmm. i know that woman was up nights oh my goodness i know she was up just nights. how long do you show the cactus i mean it's just like <laughs> little stuff yes yeah. and and it was and it's brilliant work it's just i got what i needed i'll say yes. that i yes. got what i needed from that and it made an impact more than the story for me, I'm excited for this director. She's got mm-hmm. an amazing mind. So it was on my other list of yeah. what impacted me, what technically impacted me. Holy crap, this girl's brilliant. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, I'm going to sort of like teeter out a little bit with these last two. Well, you know, I have two more. Yeah, I haven't talked much about this film because it's I didn't care for the film as much but I have to say that when I watched this actor I wanted to know who's the real person Mm -hmm. like because it was played so interestingly like and I'm gonna reveal it because I'm building up to it 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 was played so interestingly that I did a deep dive and whenever I do a deep dive there's the impact and I was like, oh, is he, he played a real person and he was in extraordinarily horrible conditions, but there was like light in his eyes. Mm. And I'm like, oh, what an interesting choice that actor did. And I wanted more because I had only seen this actor in another limited series. And um, The Mauritanian is not a movie that I would recommend. Like, just go see it, go see it, go see it. Mm. But the performance (laughs) by Tahar Rahim, he was in The Looming Tower, which ironically is the same. Yeah, the the other side of the coin. The other, you know, the other flip side. His role in this, I remember watching it and there's some gruesome scenes. I just have to, you know, we let's just get that out there. You know, especially if you're like, I'm a patriot. You're, you know, we did some crappy stuff to this man. And, but there was, I I didn't, I was like, what is happening here? Yeah. At first it was creepy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Cause you think, oh, this guy is guilty. Ew, what's going on there? And then I watched the film of the real guy. And I'm like, oh, that actor was, that's such a, that was so, he didn't play the moment. Yes. Like he played the hope. Does that make sense? I don't know if it's it, communicating. That is the essence of acting where you don't do the writer's job. They wrote yes. those atrocious scenes, Raph. Yes. What are you going to add to that as an actor? That's what Tahar, it, he's a chameleon. He is brilliant. There's a light that shines on all people. That's what you think of when you see what the ref is talking about for the Mauritanian, which we do have to, I have to agree, is a challenging movie to watch. Not topically, like technically challenging, but to har, and we will get to another performance that's similar, comes through the smell, smelling like a rose. And he was, we have to say, sorry, that he Mm -hmm. went toe to toe with Jodie Foster. You can get swallowed by, oh, you know, this is Jodie Foster. Let me Mm -hmm. back away a little bit. Those interview scenes, Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, wow. Now that's an actor who impacted me. I have to 100% say, I want to know more. I want, I want more of him. I want, it was like when I saw Riz in The Night Of. Yes. Which I'm sure you're going to talk about, Riz. Mm-hmm. But I I, 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 mm. mm. I want to watch this guy. And then The Looming Tower, he did good work. So, I mean, 
completely. This is what he he could do anything, anything. What Even else the, was he in? I've never seen the Eddie. He was in the Eddie on Netflix. Um, oh, the, he's okay. been in a lot. Like he is in stuff, and you don't know it's him. He's that kind of ah, actor. Gotcha, gotcha. He, he can do anything, and the, and thankfully Hollywood knows this. So Good. he's he's a rare actor who actually gets to show that he's a chameleon. I love Tahar. He will be. Um, we will see more of him. I'll say it that way. Now, okay. You said Riz, number two on my list, Sound of Metal. Sound of Metal is another movie I saw twice. And for Sound of Metal, I do think of the father in this way. It gets you to understand, well, not understand, but it gets you to start thinking about what would it be to lose your hearing? What would that be? And for Riz to do this and me to go, okay, you actually are losing your hearing and me to be concerned and scared, scared. I watched this the second time (laughs) with my mother and brother. You could have heard a pin drop. Yeah. I mean, my mother was really Well, that's ironic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yes, it Sorry. is. And now, you have to sit with it. You yeah. have to be patient with it. And even Paul Rachi, the supporting actor who takes him in. Uh, now, he is, we talked about Coda. That'll be on Apple TV+. Plus. I know. He, I keep wanting to yeah. talk about it, and I can't. It's like that yeah. is not in this. Yeah. Yeah. But Paul is a real Coda. He's a real child of deaf adults. Oh, I was wondering why he didn't have the, um, you know, sometimes when people are deaf, they're, they can't hear themselves speak and right. they have, you know, and he, but his sign language was so, yes. it was an extension. Oh, yeah. okay. I didn't know so, that. So if you didn't know that, you would think he's actually deaf in the movie. I mean, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, now. In Sound of Metal, Riz is, we talked about it, he's playing a drummer, he loses his hearing, and the question for him is, is he going to embrace being a deaf man? Embrace it, be confident in that, take it on, and be with this wonderful community he's found. Or is he going to try to hold on to his previous life? Because he can't have both. Uh, it, It even moves me now to think about it. This and the father, every time I think of one, I have to think about the other. And Riz is just like to har what a chameleon of an actor. And the first time I saw him was in Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm telling y'all, if you watch Nightcrawler the night of and this, <laughs> I mean, what a, what a legacy. To, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have to say that I was not able to watch it through in one sitting. Mm-hmm. And so it, it did not, I didn't have the through line, but I appreciated it definitely. And Riz was phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah. And it, um, and the supporting cast was very strong. It with is the actors, uh, you know, with yes, yeah. the the support group um, and the children. I will say this: you have to sit down and watch it. Yes, like you're saying, be patient. Sit down and watch it because I didn't. I, I mean, I sat down and watched it, and I was like, "Oh, wait, hold on, let me pause it. I got to go grab you know, blah, blah, and do this and stuff." Mm-hmm. And so you do have to to be patient with it because it is about the experience of losing your hearing and not, and then trying to figure out what to do with that. And so you have to pay. It's almost like when you're watching a foreign film. Mm-hmm. You know, you mm-hmm. you can't just you know let me dawdle because you ain't gonna know what's going on. You're like. No. <laughs> Um, so that was impactful for me as well. Um, I'm going to let you go because you have one more. We talked about my number one, the father. Oh, so you're done. Mm -hmm. Now we got to do the odds and ends. Okay. I was curious because I got, I got somebody to talk about. Yeah. uh, Well, we, we We didn't know what to say this was. So (laughs) we need to clear, go ahead. I'll let you clarify what this actually is because it's been flipping back and forth. Yeah, because, I mean, we already, listeners, if you missed it, we already gave our top TV shows of last year. So what we found is Small Acts, a collection of five films from the great Steve McQueen, is actually TV movies. He clarified for us, okay, fine, Steve, whatever you say, it's your world, dude. Whatever you want to do. But it's on Prime Video. That is Amazon Prime, everybody. And it's five films, but only one of them is two hours. Every other one is around an hour. It is not that long. This is when I was talking about Judas and the Black Messiah, while I was thinking of Steve McQueen, because you could do like a movie night <laughs> or a movie weekend mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just do Judas. You could weekend. do this with it. <laughs> <laughs> you said it very British. <laughs> you could do Judas. You could do this with it. 
uh, small acts as well. So, I mean, this is dealing with, uh, of course, you know, people of African descent in Great Britain and uh, across a specific period of time. How are they going to get their rights? I mean, Can I ask you, yeah. was there one that stuck out more to you? Um, now, I did review these. You can check that out and yeah. see all of that, what the ref is asking about everybody. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that there is one. There are moments. There is the, the first movie that sets it up and you're like, oh, and you the police come in the first time and start swinging. And then they end up in a courtroom. You'll see one of the most satisfying courtroom scenes, because, uh, by the way, this is all based on real stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you're watching yeah. it going, oh, like, I mean like the trial of the Chicago seven, yep. what happens if you represent yourself in court? These people, mm. okay, knew what they were doing. And then you track it across time. What is it like at a dance party? What is the educational system like? The failures of that. What, what is it like if you want to be on the inside, you actually, as a black man, decide I'm going to become a cop. How are you received by the cops and by the people who love you? And who are your right. friends looking at you going, what right. are you doing? So that's wow. that's what happens here. Steve McQueen is exploring that. And I think we got Steve McQueen's heart in this, which Steve McQueen is not a heart guy. He's no. a throw cold water on you guy. But here you get some cold water, but you also get a lot of heart. Um, now, the other one, Raph, that's weird, but I just want to mention it, is Hamilton. So <laughs> Hamilton, I just, oh, who knows I what we call it? I know it's film stage work. We know it. It's a bunch of different performances of Hamilton on Broadway. But if I think about experiences, I don't know if it's TV, movie, stage. I wasn't yeah, there yeah. live. Yeah, yeah. I don't need to see it again. I said that in our review, but I'm glad I saw it. I get it. Like I, because I never, I never listened to the soundtrack of Hamilton. Oh man, no, nothing. I was watching yeah. these people going. You know what? These, you paying hundreds of dollars to be in a Broadway show. They gave you your money's worth, and I don't say that. I don't go to Broadway anymore because I know they're not going to give me what I paid, and I get annoyed unless certain people yeah, are in the cast. Let's let's establish yeah. that you have gone to a lot. Yeah, like I mean, m- mm-hmm. make sure the listeners know that you don't. You know, you're not just. Yeah. An occasional, you were a. No. I, I mean, I went to school in New York. I live here. You yeah. know, you go. I mean, I saw Viola Davis before. She was Viola Davis, y'all, on yeah, stage right. with, you know, with Felicia Bashad. All right. I saw Ragtime, the original, on Broadway. Like, yeah. it's like, and, yeah. and you walk out of the theater and go, what did I just, like, you can't even process it yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember, That's the Hamilton experience. Yeah. Exactly. So I know what they were feeling because intermission of Ragtime, I'll never forget. I was with somebody and, she turned to me and said, so what do you think? <laughs> no words like, came for a moment. I was like, especially at the end of that. Uh, yes. 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 And, you know, and I yeah. was just sitting there going, because she, she was like, do you like it? I was like, I think so. It's, so I understand these moments in the theater. Yeah. And I think that as close as they could get to it, filming it, they did it. For Hamilton. Yeah. Hamilton is just, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a hamhead. So it was very satisfying and delightful. Mm-hmm. I have to end with this. And yeah. it's another one of those Ma Rainey, Martanian, just along those lines of like, ooh, the film is, you know, whoa. Yeah. But the acting or the actor, actress. Mm. And I have to say the most impactful performance and i'm gonna put this not as better i'm saying impactful yeah i'm gonna put this with anthony hopkins hear me out mm-hmm. listeners i know you're you know yeah. but listen andrew day in the united states versus billy holiday mm. is a revelation it, it, and i don't use that lightly you know we don't puff thing you know we we're probably more known to bring things to reality than we are to like puff them up. But when I was watching that and I say it all the, I've said it how many times now I sing and I I've acted, mm-hmm. but I have an ear. I sing. I'm, that's my primary baseline. And I had to first deal with the fact that Billie Holiday has such a unique cadence in her voice. Yeah. The notes that she hits, you know, that there's a there's a cadence in her voice that you can always hear when someone's mimicking it and they always get it 
you know, uh, they always do the slidey thing, but they never can get to that. Not even the great Diana Ross, not even the great, you know, Miss McDonald, great singer. Not, not saying that, but I have never heard anyone mimic and not mimic. Yeah. <laughs> Billy, yeah. like I, it, it's, it's a weird, it's, it's, it's Leslie Odom Jr. Doing Sam Cooke's yes. song in One Night in Miami. It's like a completely different thing. And to act while singing is hard. The hardest thing but you can do act, as a performer. Yeah. Yes. But to act while singing Billie Holiday <laughs> in her cadence mm. is hard. And I'm not even, that's just the singing Andrew Day, acting-wise, I'll put her up there with Anthony Hopkins in this. And here's why I would. Because like in both performances, there's a moment where you watch something technically and you let it wash and you go, oh, I know it's washing. Mm -hmm. Then there's a moment where you're transfixed and you're brought in. It's an immersion yeah. If that makes sense. It's not a yes. washing. It's an immersion. Yeah. And I couldn't find Andra Day at all. Like, there were some scenes, listeners, that are unwatchable. Like, I don't... First of all, I don't like a lot of sex scenes. But, you know, just because I don't want to see it. I don't want to see anybody. I don't care who it is, what they're doing, who they're with. Yeah. But there's this one particular scene that I was, th- that I was thinking about that was... It's a hard watch. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Because Billie Holiday had very abusive relationships, but she was trying to remain in control as much as she could. She tried to steer the relationship. So she, she, she said, come on. She called this man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She said, get over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like just get over here. And she, you know, she's like, let's do this. And I was like, who is this woman? Andrew, I, I've met Andrew day and she's a very kind and sweet girl. I was like, whoo. And things start to happen and you, you know, you're like, oh God, I'm going to forward this. I'm glad I didn't forward it because there's a moment where you see something switch and I didn't go back and rewind it, but I was like, whoa, she's a new actress. You could have played that wrong. And you you see this switch of like, I don't like a scared cat. That's all I can say. Like, I don't know what to do with this kindness or what, whatever it was, not kindness, but I don't know what to do with tenderness. And, and and she's like completely melted, vulnerable. And I thought, my God, the best, in my opinion, performance of the 2021 goes to Anthony Hopkins and Andra Day. Hands down. I'm there's no I, I've not seen a finer performance. I haven't seen a finer performance as far as not seeing someone. I haven't seen a finer performance in the last handful of seasons. I don't know what to tell anybody, but that's just, it immersed me um, in a way I was not expecting at all because that writing and it was, it was rough, but it wasn't embarrassing in her mouth. And I don't know why. Mm, Yeah. I don't know why it wasn't in her mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before I talk about Andra. I do want to say because we haven't talked about it and I did watch and I just want to give a shout out to a little movie that is available on BET.com. You might have to have BET Plus. You can do um, a, a little uh, free week if you want. It's called Miss Juneteenth. Mm. Nicole Bahari won the Gotham Award as Best Actress for this. It's just a little indie movie about Black people in the South. Uh, a woman who had all of this promise, but things happen. She had a daughter. Her daughter's now a teenager. And she was Miss Juneteenth. And you'll see what that means if you watch the movie. Um, And if you're thinking, oh, Juneteenth, I know what that is. It is referencing that. Yeah. So she wants her daughter to do the same thing and not repeat her mistakes. So I would just say, if you're looking for a little movie, a nice little movie that goes through that and gives you a Black experience without shouting about it, then I would say Miss Juneteenth is there for you. And now for Andra Day. Just like I said with Tahar, this was a performance where you had, I mean, Andra not only had to deal with Billie Holiday, okay, (laughs) but she had to deal with all kinds of obstacles that shouldn't have been there from the production. For her, and, and we know this as actors, for her to maintain her focus at all times because she was never off. She never slipped. And whoever edited didn't edit that well. 
So, I'm sorry, they didn't. So, for her to be on the energy that takes, who knows when they were filming, what time of day, how long. Right, right. It's astounding. It is astounding. She is the only reason I finished it. The only. And even then, I was like, ooh, like, I got the performance. I know you're brilliant. See, the problem is, when you're in a movie that's like this with challenging scenes, it makes it even worse. It's like, I really don't want to see this. I'm not in good hands. But you're in her good hands. Yeah, yeah. And there are some other actors in there who don't embarrass themselves. But Andra Day, like the ref was saying, and this is what I heard when you said it, ref, when you're talking about Anthony Hopkins and Andra. Like you said, it's not a wash. They make you pay attention. You're alert. You're like, okay, let me follow you. I'm going to track everything you're doing. Now, Anthony had the good fortune of being in a movie where everyone was supporting him. Andra was not. So, you know, we will continue to watch Andra Day. We will continue to see what happens throughout this award season. This was a late entry. Yeah. Um, You know, we're going to see what they do with it. Again, everybody, uh, the United States versus Billie Holiday is now available on Hulu. Andra Day is the reason to watch it. And, and like I said, and, and when we reviewed it, Ref, I saw Audra McDonald live do this, and that was transformative because I literally looked at the beginning of that show, Ref, at the speaker. Because I was like, okay, are they like, is this recorded? Just involuntarily. Because you're going, Audra McDonald can't sound like that. I couldn't believe she could do that. But like you're saying, that is a completely different thing. It's on stage. It's Audra, who we've heard sing different, completely differently. So you're always knowing it's Audra, but you're astounded that it's Audra doing that. When you watch Andra, you go, that's Billy. I don't know why we never met the woman. Yeah, I know. We don't know her. It just is. <laughs> it just you, is. I, it just yeah. is. Yeah. So that is the best and most notable movie moments, movies, performances, whatever you want to call it of the award season that began in 2020 and ended the end of February, 2021. Oh my goodness. We have been through it together, everybody. But I will say, and we said this during our Golden Globes reaction ref, with what the world has gone through for us to have this much to talk about and to be excited about and to be appreciative of bravo, brava, bravi, brave to everyone. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.